when you say yes and it's not what you really want to say, well, you may not have some anxiety initially, but that anxiety that you build later on and the resentment around that and feeling that you have committed yourself to something that just makes you plain crazy, well, that becomes overwhelming. Hey, everybody. Emily Abadi here coming to you live from the AG studio. You are listening to another installment of Hurdle Moment from Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential and, of course, have some fun along the way. Maybe you're new to the show, maybe you're not, but the beginning of the season, it's always a great time to reiterate that the topics that I cover here on Hurdle, they're about all aspects of wellness, right? Not just our physical wellness, but our mental health, our financial health, our sexual health, our emotional health, you get the idea. So today we are getting into the mental side of things with my new friend, Dr. Jeff Gardere. Now, Dr. Jeff has a slew of accolades. He's a trained psychologist who works with both individuals and couples. And today he's working with us to talk about how to say no. It's something that can be pretty challenging, uh, regardless of the circumstance, right? Because so often we want to do right by the people that we care about, or perhaps in our professional relationships, our romantic relationships, but we also need to do right by us and uphold our boundaries, a buzzword that I talk about a lot with Dr. Jeff today. A lot of really great takeaways in this conversation. The holidays can be a stressful time of year, a time of year that it may be helpful for you to exercise your know a little bit more. So hopefully you can do that a little bit easier with the tips and tricks from Dr. Jeff. Make sure you're following along with Hurdle over on social media. It's at Hurdle Podcast. I'm over at Emily Abadi. I know I promoted this earlier this week, but I am hosting a goal-setting workshop. In fact, I'm hosting two of them in the next few weeks, setting things up for 2022, and I would love to see you there. All of the details on this super intimate opportunity are in the show notes as well as the link to sign up. Plus, do not forget, if you have yet to snag yourself some Hurdle merch or want to get in on some past Hurdle sessions, you can do all of that by checking out the shop over on the website at hurdle.us slash shop. We've got sweatshirts, we've got hats, we've got mugs, and again, we've got tons of Hurdle sessions and everything from how to start and stay running to a self-guided goal-setting workshop that you can do on demand in your own time. Last but not least, to all of you doing the Lace Up Challenge, I commend you. I love following along with you and I love being inspired to move. Thanks to all of you showing up on Instagram day in and day out. I am giving away a slew of prizes throughout the month for those individuals, the hurdlers that want to join me in doing this. For more details, head on over to the Hurdle Instagram. Again, that's over at Hurdle Podcast to find out how you can get moving, stay accountable, and of course, like I said, win some really awesome prizes. With that, Let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down with Dr. Jeffrey Gardere. He is a board-certified clinical psychologist, an associate professor, and course director of behavioral medicine at Toro College. 
of osteopathic medicine here in New York City. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, Emily. I'm really excited to be here with you. Oh, I love the enthusiasm right off the bat. So, so it's cool if I call you Dr. Jeff then. Absolutely. I mean, call me anything you want. Just don't call me late for supper. Put on <laughs> jokes. He's got jokes, everyone. Well, me and Dr. Jeff today, we are here to talk about how to say no without shame or guilt. Now, before we get into the meat and potatoes of what we're really here to talk about today, I would love for us to learn a little bit about you, get some context about how you got to be where you're at today in your career. So give us the give us the 411. I'm a Haitian American. Let's start there. And uh, my parents came to uh, from Haiti to the United States in uh, 1954, believe it or not. Uh, so being a first generation Haitian American uh, certainly was something that impacted my life because uh, being someone from the Caribbean, for me, it's always been, you know, being a stranger in a strange land and always having to do better uh, and always studying and always working harder. And that's what my parents always taught me uh, from the very beginning. Uh, because you are a person of color, uh, you have to, you know, have higher standards for yourself because people are going to judge you in a very different way. And very early on, uh, being that I spent most of my life in Brooklyn and going to Brooklyn Tech High School, which you're very close to, I found myself uh, studying psychology because I noticed that my friends, um, who most of them were white at the time, um, would judge me in a different way. They judge me by the color of my skin and not by the content of my character, if I may steal the line from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., right? And so um, I thought if you're looking at someone based on what's on the surface and not what's on the inside, is that a mental health challenge? Um, is it a mental health challenge or even illness when you project negativity onto other people, uh, where you demonize other people, uh, based on things that have no truth in reality. And so from a very young age, I wanted to be a psychologist. Uh, and then of course, when I went to college and started studying psychology, it was a perfect fit for me. And so it was always about not judging other people, for me, because that's what I felt was happening to me. And I didn't want to do the same thing because I knew what that felt like, but trying to understand where they came from, uh, where these thoughts uh, perhaps were finding, you know, fruit uh, in order to continue to look at people in very negative ways. And so that's what I've spent my whole life doing, being a psychologist, helping people be more centered to the truth and reality, helping them understand uh, how they should walk in another person's shoes before judging, uh, helping them have empathy. And I've done that through my private practice. I've done that as a professor, as you mentioned, at Turo College of Osteopathic Medicine. Uh, I've done it in my books. I've done it uh, as a talking head. Um, and so that's my mission in life, Emily, to be able to work with people about having a healthier life, not just in interacting with other people, but into realizing who they are and reaching their potential. It really sounds like you were kind of wise beyond your years from a young age, realizing that you wanted to 
think more broadly and think a little bit deeper looking at the person on the inside rather than just judging someone by their character on the outside and perhaps maybe harnessing some what could have been anger or feelings of resentment and trying to spin those around to do something good with that. Yeah, I look, we know that uh, one in five people are uh, in need of some sort of mental health services based on uh, the kinds of emotional issues that they have. Uh, and quite often they don't get that help. And so they internalize a lot of that. Uh, it causes a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression. They're not true to themselves uh, in many ways. Uh, and so I think it's really important uh, that we work on ourselves, not just look at other people and what their faults or issues are, but to really be able to work with our own selves and being the best you know, people that we can possibly be, being the best individual, the best family member, the best community member, because when you do that, then you're able to give that back you know, to everyone who's around you. Yeah. And I'm sure like your studies have in influenced that uh, perspective and that stance. Uh, but I would almost assume that you probably didn't always or weren't always able to look at it through that lens. Do you recall maybe in your upbringing a certain experience or a moment where you had difficulty kind of like taking a step back and reflecting in that way, perhaps getting a little frustrated or angry at a certain scenario? I think perhaps that happened within my first marriage where I felt very misunderstood and it was easy to settle into my own misery and pain and not see things from my ex's, now my ex, but at the time my spouse's point of view. Since that time, it has made me a better therapist in working with other people with whatever their issues are. The, the other part to answer that question, it was a great question, is my frustration with my own mental health challenges, you know, dealing with my own anxiety, which I had a lot of anxiety, uh, and I've dealt with that throughout my own life. Some generalized anxiety, some issues with OCD, some issues with hypochondriasis, you know, the fear of getting illness. And as I've gotten older and with therapy, I've really been able to manage that. And in many ways, it, it influenced my work uh, being with Roe, uh, which is one of the organizations that brought me, the organization that brought me to you, where uh, we've been able to uh, work online with people around issues, medical issues, uh, with a lot of people who are dealing with anxiety and depression. So really, taking that personal pain and turning it into power and being able then to put that out there for as many people as possible. And, you know, I, I don't have to tell you how many people are dealing with anxiety. That is the major issue of our times. You know, a lot of people dealing with depression, but being able to be uh, bring a vehicle to people where they can easily, for example, go online and avail themselves of the types of services that we have for them. Talk to me just a little bit more about Roe Mind and what it has to offer. You know, I'm an advisory board board member uh, with Romine. So I was uh, with Roe, the company from the very beginning. A lot of people know them around medications with erectile dysfunction and general health issues and so on. And then we had the spinoff of Romine. 
And it is a, a really great vehicle where people can go online. Uh, they take an online assessment. And if it is something where we see the person can use some assistance, uh, then they get a one-on-one you know, session uh, online. And that provider is able to work with them with whatever their needs may be, whether it may be FDA approved medication for anxiety or depression, or whether uh, it might be, you know, psychoeducational services uh, through virtual sessions, which I uh, provide some of those virtual sessions along with some great providers. And so we check on them, we give them empowerment strategies. So it's really one stop shopping to be able to deal with issues around anxiety and depression. Great. Good to know. Okay. So we've got the basics. We know how you got into this line of work, how it is something that has always interested you. Now, what we're here again to talk about specifically today is how to say no, right? And it seems so simple. Like it's just one syllable. No, but man, it is so not that easy. So to start us off here, why do you think so many of us have so much, I would say, anxiety or difficulty saying no? There is a lot of anxiety with it, right? Uh, Because we are a society, Emily, that really wants to please other people, We don't want to be on the other side of people uh, feeling displeasure uh, about us. Uh, We want to make sure that everyone likes us. You really do love me, don't you? You really do like me, don't you? Uh, And so to say no to someone, we're afraid of what their reaction may be whether they cut us off, whether they're angry with us, whether they're frustrated with us, um, whether they might be angry with us. And so I think that in this society, to say no just carries so much of those thoughts of rejection, uh, of anxiety with saying no. So it just becomes easier to just say yes. But what people don't realize is when you say yes, and it's not what you really want to say, well, you may not have some anxiety initially, but that anxiety that you build later on and the resentment around that and feeling that you have committed yourself to something that just makes you plain crazy, well, that becomes overwhelming. Right. And so to put up a boundary, and that's the word that I'd like to really focus on right now is this word boundaries. Because oftentimes, once you can articulate what your personal boundaries are, then it may become a little bit easier to say no. Now, why can articulating our boundaries make saying no feel a little bit easier at times? Well, because we are able to, in many ways, let people know how far we are willing to go. That's that's why boundaries are important. I mean, that's why we have skin, right? Because we don't want people to get in the nerves, right? That's why we wear clothes because we don't want to be too cold. So those things are very protective. So it's important to people to just say what their boundaries are. And you know, at the end of the day, it's just like when we talk about 
where couples may, you know, have arguments. And we say it's healthy to have arguments as long as you know what the ground rules are. And boundaries are really the ground rules. And people can't, by the way, they can't read minds. Most people can't mean, uh, read minds, right? Um, and therefore, you have to let people know what the boundaries are. It, I don't think it's fair to let people guess what they are, because then you become very displeased with them. They become very upset with themselves because now they've crossed boundaries that they're not aware of. It's really, I think, so much easier if we let people know what the boundaries are, because then it'll be easier for them to interact with us because they know what the rules of the game are. Right. Right. And I think, I mean, an example I feel like I bring up often when it comes to setting boundaries is, for example, I run a lot. And during a marathon training season, I often run long, so to speak, on Saturday mornings, which means that I have a personal boundary that my Friday nights are kind of sacred, right? That means that I'm going to be in bed trying to get to bed at the latest around 10, maybe 1030. That's on the late side for me. And so saying no to things on Fridays. I don't have shame or guilt about that because I know what my bigger goal is. And that bigger goal is both showing up to those Saturday runs to get me to the ultimate goal of being able to run a marathon. Now, if I wasn't able to better articulate why these things are important to me, then saying no to something that could pop up on a Friday would prove to be a lot more difficult. And I might be a little bit more flexible on that. Now, if like, my best friend in the universe is having a birthday party on the Friday before a long run. Am I going to say no? Of course not. But to a lot of other things, more than likely, yeah, that's that's how it's going to go down. Well, I agree with you. And, and I would say e even with your best friend, you know, having a birthday party and, um, you know, it's something that you really can't attend or shouldn't be attending because you have a marathon the next day or you're training for a marathon, I would hope that friend, if they really truly are a friend, would understand you're saying no. Now, the way you're saying no is lovingly saying no. And, you know, that's one of the things I'm sure we'll get into. How do you say no? Right. So, right. you know, being able to let your best friend know K-N-O-W, that N-O, no, is being said in a loving way. I love you. I would love to be there with you. But as my friend, you would understand that the importance of sleep and rest and rejuvenation for me to be able to do the best that I can as far as training or being in this marathon. That would be your birthday gift to me to understand that. And we yeah. can always celebrate your birthday, you know, perhaps at another time or I can come by much earlier, but then I would have to leave. So it it is it is easier. I mean, I just love this topic. People really do accept and oh, no, much more than we think. I think a lot of the issue has to do with the person who's afraid of saying no versus the receiver that we think may have an issue accepting the word no. Yeah. And to your point before, it's that unknown, right? It's like we are programmed to often more, more often than not, you know, people please, we don't want to upset the people that we care about, but sometimes in prioritizing everybody else's feelings and everybody else's well-being, we tend to put aside the things that we know 
or maybe we don't even know, but that we really need. Absolutely. I think it's uh, also uh, important for us to understand that in being able to say no more often, perhaps we really are treating our friends much, much better because we're not miserable. As you said, we're looking at some of our own priorities, but by doing that, we are much more available to them, maybe, you know, a little bit further in the future or when they really need us. Because when we say yes, we mean yes, not yes, though I really want to say no. So again, it's training yourself to understand saying no is not a bad thing. No is not a bad thing. Think about it as parents, right? If we said yes to our children through everything, we'd have the most spoiled children on the face of the planet. It's being able to say no that shows courage, but it also shows love. It shows boundaries. It shows um, caring because it really is about doing something that may be somewhat difficult for you, but it really is to the benefit, not just of yourself, but of that other person too. Taking a break from today's episode to talk to you about my sponsors. First up, Inside Tracker. Now, I am always seeking to do the right things for my body so that I can provide it with more energy, better sleep, and a healthy immune system so that I can live longer, better, and healthier. So, obviously, I was super excited to try out Inside Tracker earlier this year, and it has made a major difference for me. Now, Inside Tracker is an ultra personalized performance system that analyzes data from your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness tracker to help you optimize your body and reach your health and wellness goals. Of course, when you sign on with Inside Tracker, it's not just getting these tests, which again give you a ton of helpful insight into what's happening on your insides, but also then they give you helpful and meaningful insights and customize an action plan that has science-backed nutrition, fitness, and lifestyle recommendations to help you get to where you want to be. I found this service so, so helpful. I'm about due for my next mobile blood draw early next month, and I know that you will love it as well. Now, of course, Inside Tracker has a discount code for the hurdlers. Head on over to insidetracker.com slash hurdle and receive 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store for a limited time. Again, that is I-N-S-I-D-E-T-R-A-C-K-E-R.com slash hurdle to receive 25% off the entire store today. I also want to give some love to my friends at Element. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix that replaces vital electrolytes without sugars and dodgy ingredients found in conventional sports drinks. I'm going to be real with you. I I sweat a lot. <laughs> you know, after every single marathon I've run, I've crossed the finish line drenched in sweat. And of course, to no one's surprise, absolutely exhausted. And as an endurance junkie, it is critical for me to replace the vital electrolytes I lose through sweat. And that is where Element comes into play. Element is so delicious and it always boosts my energy throughout the day. Plus, it gives me the electrolytes that I need to fuel my body before 
during, and after a tough workout. Like I mentioned, no dodgy ingredients, it's zero sugar, and again, it tastes great. My go-to flavor is the orange salt, but raspberry salt, close second, plus a ton of other delicious picks depending on what your taste is. They have an awesome deal for the Hurdle audience, so no brainer. Head on over to drinkelement.com, that's drinklmnt.com slash hurdle, and get a free element sample pack. All you gotta do is pay $5 shipping. Again, head on over to drinklmnt.com slash hurdle to get your free element sample pack for only $5 shipping today. And we gave like that extreme example, I would say, of saying no because you have like a larger goal. But sometimes you just have to say no because it's just not something that you really wanna do. I think when it comes to shame or guilt, this is where that really comes into play. Because again, you might have a friend who like really wants you to do something with them, or they really might want your opinion on something that doesn't make you feel comfortable. And at that point, like what's someone even to do? Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. And, um, that's that, that I think is, uh, when you are able to say that, no, the person should be able to accept it, not so much challenge you, uh, but more than anything else, uh, be able to say, I respect that. And I respect that because I care for you. You're allowed to say no. That's what friendships are about. That's what um, respectful relationships are about. Professional relationships are about being able to say no, being able to say yes, but being true to yourself. Yeah. And so what you mentioned before about perhaps the quote unquote right way to say no, I think we should home in on that just a little bit here. Uh, I loved what you were saying about providing an alternative for when something doesn't really work for you. Let's chat about that a little bit. Sure. I have a great example. I got in a pattern of reaching out to a friend and I realized after one or two times maybe of asking her if she wanted to grab a bite one night that she came back to me and she said, hey, it's not that I don't want to grab. And she, she had said no both times. And she said, and maybe it was the third time. Hey, it's not that I don't want to get together with you. But during the week, me and my partner try not to make plans unless something really important comes up because we plan out our meals for the week. This is like our time to reconnect at the end of the day. I'd love to plan in advance with you to do something in either a couple of weeks or on the weekend. So that was a great example for me of someone saying no, but giving me some reasoning so that I could better understand their boundaries. I, I think I think I think that's a great example. And that's one of the things that we can actually do when we say no, tell the person why we're saying no. And by the way, when we're saying no, we're not saying now, we're saying no, but here's the reason why I'm not able to meet whatever your request is. And I think that's great. But your example also brings up something that that I see happen all the time. When someone makes a request. And you keep giving an excuse and delaying saying yes or no. Do you want to get together for lunch? Well, um, uh, I have to go to the dentist, you know, but if this crown turns out okay, yes, you know, I, I, I can do that. But if it doesn't, I don't know, let, you know, let me get back to you next week. And you keep doing that because maybe you really wanted to say no right from the beginning 
but you're afraid to say no. So you delay, you delay, you delay to the point where the other person who keeps requesting just says, you know what? You don't have to say no. I'll say no. I'm not going to ask you anymore. And you don't want that kind of a situation. So you want to bite the bullet. And if no is what you want to say, because you just don't want to do that with that particular person, then just say no. Sometimes we'll hear the, you know, the thought of no is enough. In what circumstance is just your no okay? That's, that, that's a tough question. I think people will come back to you if you're not very certain in your no. And let's take it to a place that may be kind of tough, right? With dating, you know, someone asks you out. If you really don't see yourself being with that person, you know, you're not attracted or you just don't really feel that this is the person that you want to be in their presence. The worst thing you can do is give a tepid no or a maybe when you really think there's no way in God's green earth that I really want to be in a relationship with that person. Then no means no, but be strong in your no and that person should not question you. The idea of saying no and you mentioned being confident in that no, how you present it can make all of the difference, right? You you just gave the dating example, uh, being firm in your no, perhaps elaborating a little bit on that. Uh, for me in the past, if I've gone on a first date with someone and I don't see it going somewhere, rather just kind of putting them off and putting them off and putting them off, when I get asked out on another date, I'll be like, listen, I had a great time with you, but I just don't see this going anywhere else. I wish you all the best, but I'm going to pass on getting together again or something like that. I think this is, uh, this is again, putting someone out of their misery, you know, because you don't want them to keep creating scenarios in their head that, you know, uh, well, maybe she's playing a game. She didn't really mean that. No, Mm -hmm. that she said. And so when you give that explanation that I don't think it's going anywhere, or you're very clear about how you feel, look, Thank you so very much, you know, for asking, you know, that's very kind of you. That's very sweet of you, but really I just don't see this going anywhere. So I wish you the best. And I have to say no again, Emily, I think it brings us back to that place. No, doesn't have to be the one word. No, no can come with, um, an explanation that is honest. And I think it's important to be as honest as you can be because it then really validates and really gives strength and really gives truth to that no versus lying to someone about it. Because people know when someone else is lying for the most part, or they feel that it's not genuine what the person is saying. And so it opens up a space to explore things that you really don't want to explore. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about no in perhaps a business or a professional sense, right? If someone was to ask you something like, do you have the bandwidth to do X or uh, would you like to go to this event on Thursday? If the answer is no, you can say, I don't, I cannot or no, but thank you for thinking of me. You can be kind, but firm. You don't have to just be you know, a jerk because you can't make something happen. But let's take it to, let's take it to the next level, right? 
what happens when you want to say no, but there's a voice inside your head that says, hey, go outside your comfort level and say yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so there are those situations too, where too often saying no does not allow you to grow. You know, someone has an opportunity for you. Ooh, I feel uncomfortable about that. Uh, I feel uncomfortable about that speaking opportunity. I'll just say no. And so you challenge yourself and say, okay, maybe I can grow here by saying yes. Let me give that a try. So I think all of that comes with maturity and time to be able to look at where no is your best response, where yes is your best response, and where mm, let me think about this and do something that may not be as comfortable, that takes me out of my comfort zone, but that allows me to grow. Let me give that a try. And so in this case, maybe I'll delay the no, try it, and then I can come back with a no or yes when we get to the next chapter of it. Right. Like you have the opportunity to learn from that scenario. I also think one last thing to touch on here with you is the aftermath of the no, right? We talked about the importance of being firm in your delivery, but what about the assurance that someone should walk away from giving that answer with? I really do believe that saying no and making a commitment to yourself that you don't have to look back begins to train you in a way to build your character, make you a stronger individual that puts the boundaries out there uh, so people understand who you are and so you know who you are. The more assured you are in yourself, the more confidence you have in yourself with being able to say no to the things that you know may really tax you or put you in a place of discomfort or that will cause more anxiety later on if you say yes. I think those are the things over time that will make you a stronger individual, a better friend, you know, and certainly a person who is much more honest and true to themselves and to the people who they surround themselves with. Right. Like it's like a test of your will or a muscle that you have to exercise. Like that's the word there. That's the key exercise word there that you have to continually use it in order to get better at it. That's how you get stronger. The same goes for quote unquote exercising your no. It might not be super comfortable at first for us to get used to exercising our boundaries and using the word no. But with time, as you start to realize that it feels really good to get comfortable in your own certainty, that makes all the difference. Being able, and you know, and I believe in the body, mind, spirit connection, being able to say no, not just to other people, but building that self-discipline to say no to the things that may not be healthy for you. No to over-drinking. No to having too many sweets. No to not getting the proper, you know, amount of rest. You know, as you pointed out earlier, instead of going to a birthday party and staying up all night, being able to get to bed at 10 o'clock and getting your important seven hours of sleep so that you can function better. So saying no to a lot of the things that are going to bring negative consequences being able to say no to yourself with regard to spending too much time on social media, 
Those are the things that I think really build that self-discipline too and make you a better and stronger person all the way around. Is there anything that we haven't touched on just yet about this topic that you think we should get to before I release you into the world? No. <laughs> Look at him go. Thank you so much again, Dr. Jeff, for your time today, for all of your wisdom. How do the hurdlers follow along with you? How do they keep up with you? Give me all of your information. Sure. Absolutely. Well, they can go to Twitter at Dr. Jeff Gardere. Um, and so they'll find me there. They can go to my website, drjeffgardier.com. And of course I want folks to check me out on Roco, row.co forward slash mine. Uh, I want them to check out a lot of the uh, videos that I've done, uh, around issues of anxiety and depression, uh, and learn about the empowerment strategies that are there on that site. If they have an issue or issues around anxiety and depression, there are a lot of great resources there for them uh, so that they can get the help that they truly deserve uh, because we all deserve to be happy. I love that. I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. <laughs>